All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Diamond Rivera, and you are tuned into another episode of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast. And this right here is episode 130. But before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Thu Buckshot the Radio, where you can listen to this interview in high quality. As well, this podcast is available on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and other streaming platforms. And also, before we get started, letting you know that I need you to be coming to the Dallas Bachata Festival this October 14th through the 17th. We're going to have theme parties. We're going to have performances, workshops, and so much more. Can't wait to see you there. And today, people, we have a very, very, very special guest, a woman that I admired for so many years. Her resume, her dance catalog goes back over a decade plus. And I am really, truly thankful to have her on the platform today. And we have all the way now in Jersey, the one and only Isabel Freeberger. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hello, hello, Isabel. Honestly, it is amazing that I can have you on this podcast today. Yeah, I, I feel really honored that you have chosen to speak with me today, and I'm really excited. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, as we've talked as well privately, for me, um, really admiring your career for over a decade plus, really uh, seeing kind of where you started, which we'll get into, of course, uh, but also realizing how far you've come and seeing where you are now currently, it's really amazing to see uh, because, as we know, there are hundreds upon hundreds of artists that we've seen throughout the world, throughout the states. So it's hard really for artists to uh, differentiate themselves, to really have that individuality. Uh, there are so many artists that are so well-versed. But for me, having an artist like you on is truly important because that representation of, for me, a strong woman, a woman who really carries her own, who at one point, of course, had Issa Dance Company, which I absolutely adored. Um, one of my favorite companies I've seen to date, but you know, having you on as well because I love to have the artists tell their stories because for so long many artists have stories, but someone else is telling it for them. Uh, so having this type of pl platform where it's a safe space that I consider it's really uh, important to have you on, especially. Yeah, I think it's really great what you're doing and uh, you know, giving giving voice to to artists. It's really yeah. great. <laughs> and, you know, of course, before we get started, the question I always ask every guest, and I love understanding, is the big question How have you been? Oof. <laughs> I would say that's a loaded question, but, you know, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I literally just moved about a week ago mm -hmm. um, to Jersey. I was about to say back to New York. Um, I lived in New York for seven, seven years. Yeah. Um, and then during the pandemic, went home, be with family unexpectedly, and now I'm back. I'm in Jersey and excited to take on the city again. I mean, <laughs> but, it's, but it's been a lot. <laughs> <It's> been a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you this, this past year has been a lot for all of us, especially Ooh. in the community. I mean, uh, not knowing when we're going to have a dance event again, not knowing when we're going to be able to teach classes, not even really knowing when we're going to we're going to see some of our close friends again. I mean, it's, it's for yeah. many of us, it's 
been well over a year that we've been to mm -hmm. any type of dance event, even though, of course, things are now getting back to some type of normal. I think for me, in my opinion, I think it's still going to take some time. But, you know, I'm glad to see the, the transition of where we were prior, like last June to now. I mean, just, just seeing how uh, the states are picking back up, uh, right. how people's motivation is picking up. But most of all, seeing artists like you still here means a lot because, like I've told you before, understanding there are many artists that kind of have moved on from this community because, you know, it's not really, quote unquote, paying the bills. It's not uh, a love anymore. And they've had to find a new avenue. And, you know, for me, also, like I, we've talked as well, I love asking that question because for so long in our community, we had people tell us, great show amazing show. Love that. But a lot of times people don't even ask that simple question of how are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and and it's, it's interesting because I've come to realize the, the very shows I performed with, the very collaborations or companies I performed with, many of the people I considered, and this is my personal opinion, the people that I've considered friends, they weren't. They were, for me, yeah. they were more acquaintances, not even that. They were just people that admired me for two, three minutes of what I've done on a stage. And they love this performance. They may even give me a critique here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we know how New York can be. But at the same accord, um, having that really, that genuineness that I love giving to artists of, of letting you know that even though we're going to celebrate your success on the stage, I think it's the success off the stage is even more important because I think what you can do off the stage definitely correlates to what you do on stage. I mean, everything from the costumes, from the preparations, everything really entails. Um, ah, all goes together. <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, as I always start with every one of my guests, of course, we're going to talk about all the amazing performances, experiences, and congresses, but I think it's even more important understanding how it all started. Yeah. So, you know, as I ask everyone and I will ask you, Isabel, who is Isabel before dance? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I grew up in, in North Carolina and um, for me, that will that will always be home. And so um, I, I always bring it back to there. That's where I started dancing. Um, but I don't know. I was kind of a weirdo. I've always been a little bit of a weirdo in, in, in high school. I've always been interested in a lot of different things. I've been an artist my whole life, um, usually um, starting with more like a visual art, painting, um, drawing, photography. Uh, and I've always been an athlete. So I think kind of always having those two sides and two, two seemingly separate interests yeah. came together really nicely when I started dancing. But um, but yeah, just a, just a Carolina girl <laughs> try, trying to create. <laughs> it's kind of always been, been me. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, with North Carolina, for me, uh, being in the scene since about 97, I've seen so many groups and I think people have to understand there is more dancing than just in New York and LA. <laughs> I think yeah. people have to really, and Italy. <laughs> thank you. New York, LA, Italy. And I'll even say Spain. Hey, mm -hmm. there's a lot more than just those four places. And uh, oh, especially North Carolina. Um, for me, um, understanding the Kobo brothers, 
I mean, for me, those are one of my favorite duos of all time. Uh, we're going back even to like mid 2000s. That's how mm, far that's I when I started. <laughs> and, and it's also interesting that you said kind of that weirdo aspect. And I think what happens, and I've talked to many guests as well, they've had that same notion that mm. maybe in high school or in school in general, when we're doing something that's kind of out of the status quo that everybody else is doing, when we're kind of, instead of going left, we're going right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that term weirdo gets put around because people, again, are fear of the unknown. If they don't know what you're doing or they're doing mm -hmm. it themselves, it's kind of foreign to me. Um, yeah. So a question I have really is where did you kind of get that artistry from, like you said, that weirdo aspect or <laughs> kind of something that cultivated or through family? Was it like that? Yeah, um, I think I think my uh, my family has definitely been a huge part of, of who I am because they've mm -hmm. always, you know, encouraged me to be who I am and to find that, um, you know, to this day. And I think that who we are changes, we transform. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And so my parents, uh, my family, my sisters, mm -hmm. uh, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, like they've always, you know, overall, I've mm -hmm. always had a lot of encouragement um, to just, you know, be me. Uh, and so I was able to go through my different phases throughout high school and, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, and I'm glad I was able to do that with, with no judgment from home. Um, and uh, my my dad is a musician. Um, he's a physician and a musician. So there's always been like this, you know, kind of like, okay, but find a professional career, but explore your art, but find a professional career, but explore yeah. your art. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, you know, I was always encouraged to do well in school and, and, um, and try everything, right? Try the sports, try the art classes, try, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, theater. Um, I didn't do that in high school, my other sister did, but we were always encouraged to, to find what was ours, mm -hmm. uh, what felt right. And so I'm really grateful for that experience and my parents, you know, I, I would, there's no way I would be here yeah. without the support of my parents. Like there's just no way. There's no yeah, way. And it's <laughs> really interesting that you even brought that up about uh, with that, with your dad being a physician and a musician, being mm -hmm. kind of that uh, secure job in a sense, but on the other hand, having a passion and a love. Mm -hmm. But um, what's interesting is that I've talked to many artists and I find it uh, really revealing is when it comes to the parents, you have two different sets. The ones that go for your dreams fully, it's all good, um, be who you wanna be. Then you also have the flip side of, mm -hmm. is this going to be financially yep. backing? For, is this going to be your financial backing? Are you going to be able to live off this? Is this something a long term or is this the quote unquote hobby? <laughs> is that yeah. many artists that I mean, artists have told me that when it comes to their parents that, you know, you want your parent to accept who you are, believe in what you believe uh, and motivate you. But sometimes yeah. it can be, it's a juggle, I think, on that. Um, when you were growing up, and also we talked about many people wouldn't know that you know you are Spaniard, that you have you know your Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you be, of course, being Spaniard, um, did you was there really like a Latino community or a Spaniard community really in North Carolina? Yeah, there's a, a real well, not really Spanish, but mm -hmm. um, there's a, a big uh, um, 
Latino community in, in North Carolina, mostly Mexican and Central American, mm. um, a lot of agriculture workers, a lot of, a lot of immigration in North Carolina. Um, so there's a really, really uh, like flourishing yeah. Latino community and it's growing every day. Um, you know, I'm the, I'm sure the demographics have changed since, since years ago, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely really, really present. So. so my question now is when, or how did really dance kind of come into your life? Was it kind of just that class you kind of got sucked into or was it something that you really researched through? Uh, a little bit of both. It was, um, it, I mean, I always loved the music in high school is when I started listening to, to salsa, bachata, mm -hmm. merengue, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I grew up listening to flamenco <laughs> and, and then like American music, yeah. and whatever, a little bit of everything. I've always listened to, to a little bit of everything. I've always had pretty diverse musical taste. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, my aunt from, from Spain, she, she, uh, she raised me until I was like, well, until she went back to Spain, but um, because my birth mother died when I was born, my, she was the, the Spanish side. Um, and so her sister stayed and uh, helped my dad raise me and my sister, which is why I speak Spanish fluently. It was actually my, my first language. And so we always had Spanish in the house. We always had um, flamenco music and most of her friends were Latino. And mm -hmm. so she started bringing in um, Latin music into the house. And so I've always loved the music and that was really, that was it. Like that, mm -hmm. I, that's what got me hooked. But like I said, in high school, I was an athlete. Mm. And, uh, and so none of my friends thought dancing was cool, but I always was like, I want to, I want to, I don't know. Like, yeah. What is this? Like moving my body. I don't know. <laughs> like I already do move my body, but it's, you know. Um, and so I always had this like intrigue towards, how to move to the music that I was starting to really, really enjoy listening to. Mm. Um, and, um, and so I will, I found this one restaurant, I forgot what it was called, but it was in, in my hometown in Chapel Hill and they had these Latin nights and I would always try and get my friends to go, but they wouldn't. And so mm. I never could until college. <laughs> so I went to college 20 minutes away from my hometown. I went to Duke university. Okay, um, I was about that, to ask you too. Yeah. It was NC, NC, were you NC State or you North Carolina Tar Heels or Duke University? Oh, you know, you know your university. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a big Tar Heels fan. Oh, I, 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 listen, okay, I'm not allowed to say it, but my, so my stepmom, I don't like to call her my stepmom because she raised me from, yeah. from young as well. Um, but she was a Tar Heel cheerleader. So it was a house divided. My dad worked at Duke, my mom, worked at UNC. It was, it was, it was a house divided. So I'm not allowed to say I'm a Duke fan. My mom would kill me. Um, but then like, you know, I had, I had friends on the team and, and you know, it was exciting to be at Duke um, for, you know, watching basketball and stuff. But um, I don't know, I don't keep up with it anymore. I'm, yeah. My mom's going to kill me with that too. But um, yeah, UNC is amazing. UNC is amazing. But um, I ended up going to Duke um, that, kind of falls in line with the, okay, but let's be professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there was always this expectation that, you know, I would follow, you know, those dreams. I was always interested in in, in science and biology, mm. um, but I promptly started failing classes. So uh, we, we changed the major. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty because, hey, people don't understand, biology is not the same in high school than it is in college. Ooh, it, you know, the biology class was always fine. It was mm -hmm. the, 
calculus and the chemistry yeah. that was a problem for me. Because <laughs> it's only the math. Everybody loves science until you got to add some things together and then it gets a whole nother level. Can't we just talk about like cells and shit? I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, honestly, I don't know where I'm doing Pythagorean theorem. And mm -hmm. real no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm sure someone is. Like if you're making bridges, please, dear God. But, thank you. you know, I'm not interested in that. So, <laughs> So anyway, Duke was Duke was a really interesting um, experience for me. I, I don't think it was really the right fit of a university for me, but I'm really glad I went there because that's when I discovered dance. Um, so you know, you go to you go to school and you're like, oh, I get to reinvent myself. And yeah. so right away, uh, I met um, my best friend at the time, and we were both really interested in learning how to dance. And so we just started going to clubs. Mm. And we just started dancing. We just started social dancing, not knowing what the hell we were doing. Um, and, you know, it's like two young girls who are very interested and, yeah. you know, people noticed. And because we were going out like every night. So okay. people, and, in, and in North Carolina, if you're going out every night, you see the same people. Like it's, it's a small, it's a small yeah. community. It's grown. It's definitely grown. But at that time, you know, you get to know people really quickly in the dance community there. And so, uh, you know, people, people noticed. And so we got invited to classes. And um, after a few months, we started taking classes uh, with Kobo. Mm. And, uh, and really quickly after we, we joined the, de the team and started training with them. At that time, they, uh, they were looking to bring dancers up uh, yeah. to start traveling with them because they, they had a need. Um, they started off, Kobo brothers started off just traveling together, the two brothers. Yes. Um, and so, but they, they were trying to evolve their company a little bit more and they had already started doing that, but they, they were lacking in consistent, um, dancers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, they had this like little mini audition. First audition, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? But let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I became Milton's partner. Um, and then it was salsa boot camp from there. Man, <laughs> hey, 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 I mean, from my experience as I was younger, especially in the early and mid 2000s, uh, seeing the Kobo brothers, especially from North Carolina, I was really excited even as a young kid because there was more than just New York. There was more yeah. than LA. There was more than just the surrounding tri-state area around me. I saw, you know, the South or, you know, down yeah. state really kind of getting that representation. And I loved it because it was something refreshing. But I think even more refreshing was, like you said, the Kobo brothers of these mm -hmm. two brothers actually traveling and performing as a duo. Mm -hmm. And something I always respected about both of them is the energy level. There wasn't yeah. one lacking and one hype. They were always on the same page. And especially seeing two males, yeah. which was a lot of times in our scene, which was oversaturated with just couples. There was yeah. couples or always companies, but you, right. you know, you didn't get a lot of duos. But what I really appreciated what you just said was these two brothers realizing that you know they're doing great on by themselves, but actually impacting the community and bringing up dancers. That's mm -hmm. really what you know a teacher, an instructor, and a director really is, because yeah. you know. Nothing's better than having your community back you, but oh, also yeah. bringing the people up from your community. And like you said, um, that's a big thing that lacks within, and people don't realize it's not just easy of having a dance studio, performing places, and people are ultimately just going to gravitate 
I mean, people have lives outside of this and it's mm -hmm. hard to have a dance schedule with a real life work schedule and, and things get crazy. So a yeah. question I have is like you said, the salsa boot camp, and that's really where it started. How were those initial moments like of, you know, this is kind of a different world now for you. This isn't just going <laughs> to clubs every night and parties. This is now training. Oh, I was still going to the clubs every night. <laughs> that was part of my training. I started off as a social dancer. I did my first like e almost year, like truly yeah. focusing on social dancing because that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I fell in love with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was really great. I, I, you know, again, I was an athlete. And so I was mm -hmm. used to that kind of drill sergeant, like really intense training. I'm not saying I'm advocating for that. Yeah. Clear. I'm not saying yeah. that I think that that's the best way to go about it. Um, were there results? Yeah, absolutely. Were there, you know, side effects, consequences? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, we can get into that. I'm sure it's going to come <laughs> in the conversation later. But, mm -hmm. you know, I do I do believe that um, that the way you do things matters. You yeah. know, it's not just about the end result. And I think that we need to remind ourselves of that every day. Mm -hmm. um, because having goals and dreams is beautiful, but you know how you impact people, how you impact your community is even more important, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for how I immersed myself in in dance because I truly fell in love with it. I truly fell in love with it, and I'm, you know, it has totally changed my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm dancing. I am not a biologist, so it's like. You know, <laughs> Hey, but you you create you do have you create a formula on that dance floor. I can't I can't lie on that. I mean, one thing I can say of uh, seeing you for years is the the topic I would say is reinvention. You've been oh. able to reinvent yourself over the years. We're going back. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> seeing you 2010 in Japan with the Kobo Brothers when you know social dancing, styling, and profiling, <laughs> and you know seeing you even. Even the last few years, even before COVID, um, what I appreciate is not just that you can dance even with a couple, dance with a team, mm -hmm. but also dance solo. Yeah, that right there is a different, a whole different beast. Because I think a lot of artists don't understand. It's easy to be with a team, and everybody's kind of grouped as a team and judged as a team and critiqued and loved. But when you're there by yourself, you're the only one that can go from start to finish. There is nothing scarier than dancing on your on stage by yourself. <laughs> There's hey, nothing but more difficult. You make, it, you make it look great. And you know, it's so- It's pretty empowering. Yes, pretty empowering. wait, the question I do have, and let's go back is, mm -hmm. what sports did you do in high school? I was um I was most focused on lacrosse. That was my that was ah. my jam. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were about to go to Duke to do, I, but I didn't think they had- I wasn't that good. I, I was, was good, I was good, yeah. but, but not Duke good. I mean, because Duke has one of the greatest lacrosse Oof. programs, you know. So, I, I mean, I wish, yeah. did they even have a female lacrosse team? Yeah, absolutely. Their female lacrosse team is great. I actually played on the club team for a little bit. But um, all right. I, well, but then I started dancing, and I was like, eh, I've done that. I'm done. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I didn't have time for that. <laughs> and that's something I've talked to a lot of people about is they had loves or things they were passionate about before dance. But kind of dance came and just kind of took all over. And also, too, I forgot to tell you, during this interview, we'll be having live comments coming in from oh, awesome. Miss Carmen Gwynn hey, from St. Louis, Missouri. I miss you. Absolutely. And also <laughs> here, 
we have a comment from one of my good friends all the way from the DC area, Mr. Carlos Siwas from BDL Rebel, saying here, she's one of the only few Sassetas that took me out on the dance floor and make me dance, even though I wasn't that good on on two. She was so nice and welcoming, probably one of my best dancers out there, just jamming with some flow and basics. Thankful <laughs> for instructors like her. And that's something that you kind of briefly touched on, and we'll get into that more, was you social dancing. You just really bring out there, and I think that helps so much because a lot of people don't understand, you really learn. Of course oh. you're going to learn your training, but you learn so much more social dancing. Mm -hmm. you, you learn about weight transfers. You learn about positioning. You understand the people around you and how they operate because mm -hmm. it's easy to train with one person and you're with that one person. But once you're kind of put out to the world, you're kind of at the world's mercy. And, yeah. you know, not everyone. And I tell many follows this. Not every lead is the same. Not every follower is the same. Exactly. And that and that's the one thing people have to understand that I've had these discussions with leads and follows, and I tell them, please social dance because do not just dance with the same person on your team from start to finish because you're never really gonna grow as a dancer. Yeah. You know, I understand the vulnerability that it takes to go mm -hmm. outside of the people that you know. Yes. Um, especially if, you know, if you're more, you know, if you're more of a beginner or if you, you know, it's, it's scary, it's scary out there. And I remember how scary it was, but I also remember that like desire and drive to just, man, like, I just want to move to this music. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how yet I'm learning how, and I'm, you know, grateful to the people that took me out to dance when I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know, uh, you know, I get to have to acknowledge my privilege of like being, uh, was like young, white and cute. And that, you know, I'm sure helped me get some dances <laughs> when I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the people that choose to still dance with me to this day. And so who the hell am I to not know someone who's asking me to dance and say no, unless I have a real reason to say no. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> consent is also important, right? I need to always have the option to say no, but uh, I'm not going to. I love dancing. I love social dancing and I love me a basic. That is like my entire teaching method is based on the basic and, mm. and, and, and elevating your basic because if you don't enjoy doing your basic for a whole song, what do you enjoy doing? Mm. It all comes from there. <laughs> hey, I so, mean, one of the shirts I love and I've seen, I think it was by Carlos Cinta, and it said, basic the shit out of me. And I was like, Hell yeah. wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it says so much, but it's such in a small terminology. And it's like, honestly, I tell a lot of people, for me dancing many years, even instructing at certain points, for me, I tell people, you have to understand the fundamentals Ooh. before you can take it to the next level. Because one thing I've noticed, especially in New York, one thing we are is extremely harsh and extremely judgmental. And <laughs> people love, don't get me wrong, they love the tricks and they love the turn patterns. But if you can't even get the timing and the fundamentals right, you're really going to have to work. Because I, I tell people, too, performing is not easy. It's not just mm -hmm. picking up a costume, um, 
from if you want me to really go deep, it's not about picking up a costume in 149 and Third Avenue. <laughs> yes. And going to your show, taking a few training classes, think you got the show, and it just happens. It really takes time. And that actually leads me to my next question is how long was it from that training training point with the Kobo brothers till you actually had your first performance? It was really fast, a mm. lot faster than it should have been. <laughs> um, like I said, they had a need. They had a need. They had they had jobs. They had gigs. Um, they all they had one uh, already had another female dancer at the time, and so there was already a choreography. I learned it really fast. Um, I, I I wish I could give you dates. I don't remember the date of my first okay. performance, but I was. I loved it. I as my, after my first performance, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is it. Uh huh. I found mm. it. <laughs> I found what I love to do. I mm. loved it because it was terrifying. And mm. I'm kind of a masochist and I like to do scary shit okay. um, because it's rewarding to me <laughs> to accomplish things that are really hard for me to do. Mm -hmm. I'm naturally pretty shy and I'm definitely an introvert. And so to put myself out there right now, right in that way felt really um, exhilarating and terrifying. And so, um, yeah, I got hooked, but um, it was probably a little too, too, I don't think I was ready for that first show. <laughs> hey, I mean, you gotta so get- My first Congress uh -huh. that I performed at was in DC. Ooh, okay. And there's a video, it was not cute, but it's there, <laughs> it's there. Wait, was this a, um, was it Shine's footwork? No, it was with Kobo, it was, uh, it's like okay. a, a burgundy and gold uh, routine. El Conguero, uh -huh. okay. Well, I'll definitely look that up and I'll be sure. I don't sharing. know why I had to share all of that so that you guys can go see that. <laughs> oh my God, hey. I, I mean, have nothing to hide. We all got to start somewhere. And you know, again, what I appreciate is your humility but also you having that vulnerability of saying, yes, I am a masochist, I am an introvert. There are things that, and, and when you said you love to kind of push that limit of not being afraid and doing things, it hit me because seeing some of your routines, and we'll get into that especially more, but seeing the routines you've done over the years and the tricks you've done, and mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. That's where the real masochism comes in because, yeah. I have a very strong love-hate relationship with acrobatics because I am not a gymnast and mm. I'm terrified of heights and I'm terrified of falling and uh, it is a process. It's a Let's process. just say I, I've been there with some of your rehearsals back in those days and I would just- Was I crying probably? <laughs> Like you would, I would see you in that preparation, like, all right, let's go, let's do this, let's do this. Like, and it's like, you just yeah. want to get it there in that moment because again, you can do everything at rehearsal but once you're in that stage or on that dance floor, if you really want me to go deep, if you're at Candela, Salsa Manias, and oh. you got that horseshoe of people watching you, there, and I'm gonna be totally honest. From a New Yorker, many people really care. They love your performances, and I'm just saying you, but they wanna see the fuck up. Oh, they of course. Want see, they want to see somebody why, fall. <laughs> why, why, why does traffic build up on the other? side of the road of a car crash we love watching tragedy we love it we're addicted to it and, like, and people like horrible. They out, yeah they don't want to say out loud but you're many times i've been in the audience just watching people and people are and like they this. just have that mm. it's like yeah and it's like 
do you like that I'm performing or what are you waiting for? But that's something, of course, in New York, we've, we've always been harsh critics. And I think that's also helped a lot of artists. It's also hindered a lot of artists, but it's also helped. Yeah. Because mentally, you have to understand there may be times in a show that things don't go your way. A trick fails. And you have to say, this was just that show and let's move on. But I've yeah. also met many artists and many dancers beyond the stage after they get off and they're in the back and you kind of, you're not really alone because you're with people, but you're alone. You're like sitting and going through everything. And for me, I appreciate those that keep persevering and keep pushing. So, you know, when, how long was it for you until you kind of transitioned out of Milton and what were those next steps after? Yeah. Um, uh, when I, I think I danced with them for seven years. Mm. Uh, I'm so bad with my timeline, my own life timeline. <laughs> I need to write it down. Um, but I moved to New York in 2013. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was because I wanted more, you yeah. know, um, North Carolina was great, but I wanted to make a full-time career out of dance. I had like really firmly made that decision. I'd graduated school. Mm. I uh, started a master's program in fine art. <laughs> so I was like full in on art. Oh, yeah. And, um, and uh, I just, I wanted to make dancing my, my career and, you know, New York, place to go. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, you're not lying because the same story you just said of, you know, where you're from, it was great, but there's a transitional period when you realize if I'm going to grow, I need to go where I'm going to get that motivation, where I'm going to see yeah. people that are maybe on a different level and I have to match that. Yeah. And I've heard that from many artists of going to New York to kind of live that dream. So yes, when it is a dream. When you were in New York, what were those initial experiences like for you? Oh man, it was terrifying. I mean, first of all, I, I just want to say like mm -hmm. part of, you know, it's not to say that I was better than anybody in North Carolina because I never yeah. believed that. I still don't believe that. And I don't think that you have to go to New York or LA mm -hmm. or Italy or wherever to make a career out of salsa. I don't think that yeah. that's necessary. But for me, I wanted more. I wasn't getting what I, I wasn't getting the education that I wanted. For me yeah. to be to, to continue to be a student of dance and culture and history is important to me mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Like I don't care how long I've been teaching, I will continue learning. I think that they need to go together. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt that I wasn't learning as much as I could in North Carolina. Um, I do, if I, if I could go back and learn from someone in North Carolina, it would be Beto Herrera because yes. he, he's amazing. And, you know, unfortunately the, the, the climate of the community at the time didn't allow for me to train with both companies. Mm -hmm. and so, uh, I didn't, I didn't learn from him, but I have learned from him now. And so, you know, I continue learning from him because he's very, very incredibly knowledgeable mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the, the North Carolina triangle area is incredibly lucky to have him. Um, and now there's so many more instructors in that area and in Charlotte and, and, and all over in Wilmington. So, you know, obviously things have changed, but at that time I wanted more. And part of what I wanted was to, was to, um, go out on my own. I just wanted to be on my own. And I, you know, I had, uh, contacts here in, in, in New York, just from traveling with Kobo. And so, uh, I contacted Fausto and I started working with him. Mm. Um, we, with our goal was to was to compete, 
And so um, there was that. So I wanted to really give myself that energy to, to, mm -hmm. to, to train with a very specific uh, focus of competition. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to start training Afro-Cuban. Mm. And, and there were possibilities to do that here in New York. Um, and that just like opened up my world. Not, and and, and my, my, my desire to train Afro-Cuban was just to mejorar, like to, to, to improve yeah. my salsa because I felt that was missing. I felt that it was missing from my dancing. And so, um, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I completely understand what you're saying because I've taken a few classes, but also have talked to salseros or salseras, but dancers, especially in this Latin dance world, who have started with salsa and who have said that Afro-Cuban has improved them tremendously. And, you know, hearing it from you, I mean, it definitely is an accurate, accurate uh, statement for sure. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about foundations and we're talking about our basics and our fundamentals, we can't exclude the roots of, of what it is that we do musically, you know, ideologically, historically, culturally, movement-wise, mm -hmm. that you can't, you can't take that away from it. And so um, that was something that I wasn't taught in in North Carolina. I could have I could have learned it. I didn't. I didn't. Gotcha. Um I wasn't I wasn't taught that in the way that um that I'm learning it now, you know, continuing mm -hmm. to continuing to learn and study and 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 yeah, grow with that. And it's, you know, transformed my my life, not just my dancing, but my my being. <laughs> so a question I do have is then like you talked about Fausto and we're talking about Fausto Felix of La Puesta. Mm -hmm also one of the actors in the new movie in the heights especially that club scene that i've heard yeah. <laughs> so much about. um what were those experiences of like of you kind of transitioning from the kobo brothers training under them going from shows and congresses and different parties and events performing to now stepping into the competitive world what was that like for you yeah um uh, it's interesting. I got really interested in, in competing because actually literally the week before I moved to New York, I auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance. Wow. wow. <laughs> Wait, before we get to Fausto, what was that? Like, you just hit That you was just, crazy. Right now. That was crazy. Um, because part of it was, and it's so funny that I say this now because my dancing was like, wow, well, at that time. <laughs> um, but I hated the way salsa was represented on So You Think You Can Dance. I thought it was so cheesy. My, my, my dancing was pretty cheesy and not so good, but, um, you know, it was even more like, you know, we say commercial, but why is that commercial when it's like not even salsa? So, you know, I just, I wanted to try it. I, I wanted to be pushed again. I, I think that my experience as an athlete and like that competitive nature is why I have that desire. Um, yeah. not, not, not to be like, Oh, I'm number one. I'm the best. I don't, I, I think, I think competition is healthy in dance, but at the end of the day, it is art and it is subjective. And how the hell can we put a first and second, third place on someone and make it paramount? I, you know, maybe yeah. I was first or second that night, right? And that's great. And we should be proud of those accomplishments, but it's art. <laughs> Everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different, you know, backgrounds in that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, it was a really uh, exciting uh, goal for me to have. And what I love about competition is the focus that it gives you for your training, mm. right? It's very clear, right? It's not just, oh, I got a show on Friday. I got to, you know, I got to work on my Suzy yeah. Q. 
it's like we're going to war. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we better train. You know, we're going to war with a bunch of people who want the same common goal, the same reward. So yeah, mm -hmm. and so it, it it really you know it it gave me that feeling of like training for a game and and, and yeah. a championship. It gave me that same feeling of like athleticism. Yeah, that I really enjoy in dance. Um, and I still enjoy that, but yep. now I also enjoy the artistry and the culture and the, and the, and the, and the, the connection a little bit more um, than the athleticism. Uh, whereas before I was like a little bit more like, yeah, make me do everything, <laughs> throw me in the air. <laughs> Show me everything, I wanna be so complete. Yes, and yeah. hey, I mean, hey, like you said, going from North Carolina, coming to New York City, but also you, and what what's different besides your what's different from you or separates you from many other artists that I've talked to and had this same conversation is you had those connections coming in and meaning connections mm -hmm. you've had the relationships with the people yeah. who have seen you rather than some artists that I know kind of fresh yeah. and they're coming from square one mm -hmm. and you know it, it's not easy and like you said you training then with Fausto doing competitive work that truly is a blessing and oh. that you know for me yeah. fausto is one of the greatest not just dancers not just artists but for me one of the greatest competitors in yeah, the he's, dance he's world phenomenal. because mm -hmm. people like him people like darling garcia and many others especially when they're doing competitive um competitions with other dancers maybe that are not in their company or just because they have their pro-am levels and different levels. I mean, hey, you're just dancing with someone in training mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that energy is high from start to finish. Because you're not just okay. doing one routine and done sometimes. You're doing that routine probably or multiple routines mm -hmm. over a three-day weekend and you're just trying to survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's intense. Competing is intense. And it, if it's something that piques your interest, I recommend you try it. It's definitely worth the experience. Mm -hmm. um, I do, you know, it's it's a controversial topic whether or not competition should even exist in this art form. And and I and I understand both sides of the of the of the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's important to have those conversations. Um, you know, who are the judges? Yeah. Who are the competitors? What are their relationships with the judges? All these conversations are important to have, right? How do you judge salsa? How do you judge that? Mm. How do you, you know, do we have a standard technique? What is that technique based in? Do we have, uh, are, we, are we basing it on Afro-Cuban technique? Are we basing it on salsa on one mambo technique? Are we basing it on ballroom technique? What are we looking at? and how are we having this standard, right? So we need to keep having these conversations. This is new. Competition in salsa, performance in salsa yeah. is still a baby. Yes, compared to things like West Coast Swing, compared to all we've seen, we're still fairly new. I mean, I still remember, I like my jaw dropped when I saw their salsa competitions on ESPN. Like that right there was my first like, oh, I think it's we made yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you know, going through that competitive world, then what was that next step for you? Was it kind of going solo or then was there a partnership after that that started? Um, well, I was, I actually always danced solo. I started my, I started my, I did my first solo when I was still in North Carolina. 
Mm -hmm. um, and so that was always a goal of mine. I was always really motivated. I don't know where the hell that went. I'm like, that's on the decline. Uh, <laughs> but I was always really self-motivated because I just wanted to do it all. I wanted yeah. to do everything. And so I started um, dancing solo when I was in North Carolina. So that was kind of always on the back burner was like, well, I can always do a solo. Um, but uh, I never wanted to stop competing. I, mm -hmm. I just, um, with, with Fausto, we started Team New York together, which is now New York Movement. Um, and that had like a big explosive dramatic end that we don't need to go into. But I, oh, I started a partnership after that. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of reasons, you know, Fausto and I weren't getting as much work as he was with, um, with Maria at the time, you know, his yeah. Batata partner, he was blowing up for his, you know, super unique, their unique style mm -hmm. of, of Bachata, which is incredible. Um, and I needed to work. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, you know, I was in New York to train and work and go to congresses and uh, he just wasn't available anymore. So, uh, you know, we made the decision to, um, to kind of, you know, go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started working with Robert mm -hmm. and, and he wasn't interested in competing. So we, I stopped competing basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and A lot of things were given up. Because <laughs> I mean, people have to understand um, there are artists out there or there are performers that really motivate themselves when they're doing competitions. There's yeah. ones that can really uh, maneuver both, but there are really a lot of dancers that prefer just Congress's socials events compared to competitive competitions mm -hmm. year round. So that's a definitely different world. It's and a also, different world, yeah. Yeah, and also as we talked as well, um, you then now working with Robert. But before we get into that, I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Earl Go Go Rush. Earl, I love you. <laughs> Man, I love Isabel. She is fire. Absolutely. He's been, he's been in my corner since day one. See, that's <laughs> especially to Mr. Earl Rush. And as well, we have here, I don't know the name yet, but we're going to figure it out. It's somebody from NC. Oh, thank you. We are also proud of you. We're going to figure that one out for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> now, as we talk about this, your partnership with Robert. Um, mm -hmm. Many people, especially in New York as well, loved, absolutely loved the routines that you and Robert were able to come up with. I myself was definitely witness to a lot of rehearsals that you mm -hmm. guys were part of because a lot of times I would have rehearsal and then you would come and be there and then mm -hmm. literally rehearse right after. Yeah. And that for me um, was really interesting because, you know, seeing you working with him, uh, it was different because him coming from Yamole, then you, of course, doing your work with Fausto, but also coming from NC was a very interesting partnership, especially yeah. the routines that were coming about because that right there was really interesting because it was different. In my opinion, especially in New York, it's hard to be, it's hard to uh, separate yourselves from everyone else because everyone else is trying to get that standing up. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, everybody wants the standing up. Everybody wants those eyes on them. Yeah, if somebody tells you they don't they're not interested in that and they're performing, <laughs> come on. We come on. the ego is there, y'all. Come on. It feels good. You can you can want that, but also not place all of your value on that. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, for me now, uh, coming from you as well, and like you said, your partnership with Robert, um, how would you really kind of summarize that experience uh, with that partnership? <laughs> Ooh, sum summarize. Mm -hmm. uh, she's nervous. She's nervous now. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, <laughs> it was really challenging. Uh, looking back on it now, um, 
I'm still processing a lot. It was, there was a lot of um, trauma <laughs> and there were a lot of career highs along the way. So it's like extreme highs and extreme lows yeah. kind of meshed in together. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I truly start, you know, started making a living off of dance yeah. mostly when I was working with Robert. Um, you know, we, we, we had a very similar drive and and um, like worth ethic, work ethic in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so it was really nice to have someone to work with that was like you know we show up we do the work and we leave and it was, it was like no bullshit, um, but there was a lot of bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah I mean it's I've you know I've talked about my my partnership and why it ended. Uh, a lot. I have nothing to hide. Um, you know, he he is a problematic person. He's a dangerous person, and um, there was a lot of that in in my partnership um, with me personally. Not not physically. You know, my my um, my life was physically in his hands on stage and in rehearsals. But um, he never he never physically harmed me. But he has physically harmed a lot of people, and um, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, a lot of things to deal with mentally um, while I was working with him um, a lot of manipulation a lot of lying probably gonna get a lot of shit for saying this publicly again all the time but um, you know y'all probably know the story at this point um, it was confusing because while I was living my dream the mm -hmm. whole reason I moved to New York uh, he was hurting people and so yeah. how do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> and so yeah. And he was hurting me. He was stealing from me, he was lying to me, manipulating me, um, controlling me in a lot of different ways that, that took me a while to, to recognize mm -hmm. um, because uh, something that I think is really common in this community is is how how we kind of normalize um, just abuse, yeah. <laughs> like psychological and physical and sexual abuse in this community. I think it's just mm -hmm. so normalized that it takes us a while to recognize when it's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, and and again, it goes from directors to partners to to dancers on the dance floor, people you don't even know, promoters. It's so paramount. Mm -hmm. um, which is why, you know, as nervous and uncomfortable as it makes me feel, I'm never going to stop talking about it because, yeah. um, you know, we have to, you know, I'm, I'm out of a, of a, of a really, really dangerous and psychologically abusive partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm grateful to be out. Yeah. Uh, the timing kind of sucked because as soon as I got out of that, then I, we went to shut down. And so it's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> What, who am I as a dancer right now? I don't know, we're working it out. But um, I don't need a partner to figure out who I am as a dancer. So there we are. There um, and I think another thing that's so paramount in this community is, is patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> and how, and machismo, you know, yeah. how, how common it is mm -hmm. to have controlling male partners and directors and, and, and promoters, you know, again, I'm not, that's not, not calling out anyone specific other than Robert, I guess, again, I'm going to get, 
I'm going to get some hate, but um, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because it's so normal that now people are scared to talk about it because you're like, okay, well, I saw this happen to this person and I'm pretty sure this is happening to this person, but they're not saying anything. So then I shouldn't say anything when it's happening to me. And uh, yeah, we got, we have to, you know, um, I know that my partnership with him enabled him Mm -hmm. to be able to cause people harm because we were providing each other with financial stability. Yeah. You know, he needed me as much as I needed him at that time, which is why it was so hard for me to leave that partnership mm -hmm. because I had to pay rent <laughs> and that yeah. was how I was making my money. And so, uh, you know, part of what helped me get out of that mm -hmm. partnership, you know, is the fact that I got another job. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got a job on a, on a, on a dance theater show and mm. it was like a, a, a waterfall from there where it was like, Oh shit, I can get out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the thing is where it's like, when you're in it, when you're in that, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because maybe you're in a partnership, male or female or, or non-binary and you're in a partnership and your partner makes you unsafe in any way, you know, physically uh, or psychologically, and you don't know how to get out, you will find the way. You will find the way, but when you're in it and you don't see that exit, you will find every reason to make it seem okay for you to still be there. And that's okay. And that's okay. There is no, you know, there shouldn't be judgment for how long people stay. Yeah. In abusive relationships, because that's part of the abuse is that there's control mm -hmm. and there is a lack of safety outside of that relationship or partnership as well. Mm -hmm. And um, if you need an ear to listen to, <laughs> I'm here because um, I get it. Yeah. And it's it's been really confusing and hard for me. There's been a lot of processing happening this this year without the mm -hmm. dancing. You know, I'm grateful for that as yeah. as like uncomfortable and hard as, as it has been, there's been a lot of processing for me. Um, and a lot of what's happening is that I'm, I'm just, I'm, my eyes are open to how much we condition ourselves and each other in this community to take a lot more bullshit than we should and to normalize a lot of shit that we shouldn't. So um, I'm sorry, I'm cursing like a crazy person. No, this, this, <laughs> is, this is a safe space. And can, this ain't PG-13. This is straight up. And and yeah. I'm sorry to even interject. And yeah, for, for me, um, what I truly appreciate is your honesty. Um, because for me, I was also a part of Robert's team for mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. Actually, for like about a year, almost two. And for me, um, I'm going to be honest with many people. For me, I was those dancers that I've been dancing a long time. So when I'm on a team, and this is just me, I'm not here to be family all the time with people. I'm going in and I leave. I go into my rehearsal and I leave. I may have one or two team building experiences, but I've been a part of enough teams that, hey, this is business. We do our job. We get it done. If I make a friend here or there, if I build a relationship with somebody, great. And, and one thing too is I understand what you're saying about the topic of the manipulation and control. Because besides your situation, I've seen publicly of artists backstages and how they talk to their partner. Oh yeah. And 
for lack of a better word, it pisses me off. Most of the time- It's abuse. It's, it's, it's and, verbal abuse, and, psychological and, abuse, yeah. Absolutely, and I've also noticed is that for me, I've had to distance myself from many of the people I considered friends because I'm understanding, and like you said, it's a different world when you're dancing with someone that you have this tumultuous relationship with, but you are dependent on each other to succeed monetarily because yeah. you understand it's not easy being in that type of relationship, but getting booked show after show after show after show. And that's what people want. It's kind mm -hmm. of giving people what they want. But at the same accord, what I appreciate besides the honesty is really the humility, but also the strength for you to say, I need to move on. Mm -hmm. Because there's been so many dancers that I have seen or heard stories of, of similar situations that this person completely just falls from the face of the earth and wants nothing to do with this art form again. And that completely keeps us from having growth because what happens is, and I appreciate, is that you are telling your story. And for me, like we talked as well, is that for me having this platform, it's important that artists like you know that you have a safe space. This isn't caso cerrado. This isn't bochinche time. This is you being honest from your standpoint and I appreciate it because there've been so many, not just women, but also men, not just leads, but also follows mm -hmm. that have been through the same situations, but have never spoken about it. And for me also being a part of that team at one point, and it discouraged me hearing about it afterwards because I always said when I would hear about these things, why didn't I just stay in that rehearsal a little bit longer to see that unfortunate circumstance so I could react. And that was for me, when you talked about that, it upset me because I was always the one, the first one in and the first one to leave because I didn't want to worry about anything else. But I also said, man, what about if I did just stay that extra 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. Maybe I could have prevented something, but having you speak about this, it means so much because you don't, I, I hope you realize how many people really are inspired. And I, for me, the people who would backlash this is only because either they've never been through this or they're trying to protect something they don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I get backlash almost every single time I talk about it, but at this point it's like, it's out there. It's out there, it's public record, <laughs> you can look it up. Um, and, and if we don't, get comfortable talking about this again you know i'm going to take my, my my this place of privilege that i have as a white woman uh, i don't even want to say prominent member of the community but like you know people some people know who i am and so why would i not use my voice to talk mm -hmm. about the things that i care about the things that i've lived you know and 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 to try and right some of the wrongs you know i yeah. know that my partnership with him caused people harm yeah I know that it's a, it's fact. It's mm -hmm. fact. I used to say the same thing. Oh, but I've never seen it with my own eyes. I've never seen it with my own yeah. eyes. I've never seen it with my own eyes. And you know, I know now that like I, I was in it. I was in it way too deep yeah. with him. You know, again, he never laid a hand on me. I'm not gonna lie to you. He never yeah. laid a hand on me. Uh, he got in my face a couple of times, but um, you know, he wasn't stupid. I'm his money yeah. bag. You know, he's not gonna hurt me. He's not gonna. He's not gonna touch me. But. Um, 
the lies, the manipulation. You know, he started partnerships behind my back. He started teams behind my back, professional teams behind my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, this is all water under the bridge now because I don't, I don't care what he does with his time, but I care that he's hurt people. Yeah. And I know that, that my, uh, our success um, together yeah. enabled him to encounter people who he has harmed. And so uh, it gave him money, it gave him power, it gave him presence, it gave him fame mm-hmm. while doing that for me as well. Yeah. So, you know, my rise <laughs> as a dancer is his rise as a dancer as well. Yeah. You know? Uh, he might tell you. He told me. He taught me everything I learned. But. <laughs> I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I can honestly say that's a that's a big fact. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, and mind you, as we talk here, for me, mm-hmm. but again, us having this conversation, um, as as I've talked to you privately, I I had to talk to you about this before we even brought this up because mm-hmm. my intention was never to have this be the topic of the subject. But at the same accord, I understood there was a history in terms of success. There was Absolutely. a story. So there's there's no, you can't really erase it. It's mm-hmm. just more of me having that conversation to say how you want to gauge the situation that's on you. Because yeah. me, dancing on his team was one of the greatest times I ever had because of honestly, not him, it was the people in the group. And one thing you said earlier that now correlates with this and now after this, we'll get really into kind of the future of things because there's always a, a, a moving transitional period was something you said earlier about the drill sergeant aspect. Yep. And I'm going back to, and people have to understand some of the best companies, whether it's New York, wherever you, wherever you are, mo- mo- some of the most legendary, most well-rounded, noted companies had directors that were extremely strict and drill sergeant-like. I've been a part of them. Mm-hmm. I've seen when a, a, a teacher gets in your face and you have to realize, do I keep going with the program or do I just say, fuck it, and I'm not going to take this? And yeah. that, and, and I say that in the most blunt, honest way because it is not easy. People don't understand. It's not just a two-hour rehearsal when you go. When you get to a point that you are well-noted and people want you and traveling, this is where it just you can the clashing comes because you have one person that's on this type of energy and the other person is this way. And my total mm-hmm. opinion with me, I was always the person, and people can tell you whatever company I was a part of. And I told people this backstage: oh, we a team, but I'm making sure y'all keep up that energy with me. And mine, yeah. just a student, but I was the one telling people, no, we gotta work. I don't care yeah. if it's a 10-person show, if only 10 people's here. We need to work, and that's the work ethic, but also it's how you internalize the instruction. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. And I don't know if that's tea or water, but you're sipping, and I like it. It's water. What <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying is, like, you said that earlier, and it just resonated because either being part of companies or knowing people that have been part of companies, whoever it is, that they've been through that situation when an instructor can take it to a level that can almost be irresponsible, um, aggressive, and <laughs> how you interpret it and eternalize it is yeah. going to put you on a different path. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to everything that we've been saying where it's like, we have normalized abuse in this community. Mm-hmm. 
a wide variety of abuse. We've mm. normalized a whole bunch of isms in this community, mm. right? Uh, biases. We've 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 normalized so much. And as much as I love and and this community is home, yeah. I can I can love this community and want to make it better, right? Absolutely. So you know, I think that we get confused when when a lot of people get confused when there are critiques of things that yeah. are good. Yeah. But don't you want it to be better? Like, exactly. you know, we've this, the uprisings last summer, like we started having a lot of like uncomfortable conversations about race in this community and a lot of people just didn't want to hear it. Yes. And that was revealing because it was also the same people within your community because the same issues, people have to understand the same sexism, uh, racism, and the list goes on. The, the dance world isn't uh, oblivious to it. It goes, it goes right. These same people who have these ideologies are the same ones that you just enjoy to dance from. The reality is that we live in a white supremacist world mm -hmm. and patriarchy is born, born of white supremacy and every sub community is going to have these same problems that we have in society as whole, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, this is a beautiful community. Everyone is welcome. But guess what? Why don't we listen to the people that say they don't feel they're welcome? Thank you. Because that's the biggest thing is people uh, just want everything to be, P not even PC, but everything should be great. Everything's awesome. But yeah. no, it's not. I mean, yeah. they're the, the same issues that we were talking about maybe 2018, 2015 were still happening in 2021. The only difference in 2020 was <laughs> it was more publicized. And the fact is, I think the greatest thing that happened over these past few years is now the people who really don't care about us, they're actually posting on Facebook. So it makes it much easier to really separate those because, <laughs> you know, you've had a lot of time to just post away, but you don't realize who's watching. You don't right. realize who's listening. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, me having these conversations with artists like you, understanding your journey understanding your experience is so valuable because there is someone right now who has gone through, is going through, or might go through the same situation. And you giving them this experience and this story is giving them a lesson, is helping them, is guiding them. Because again, um, like I've talked about this subject and I'm going to be totally honest, like you feel you might have backlash. I'm going to be completely honest. The legends, the leaders in the community, and not all of them, some of them, that I know personally did absolutely nothing when oh. things happened. And I knew it and I would bring it to their attention, but because yeah. I'm younger than you means nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell people this, and all of the issues that we've seen over the past years, especially things that have been publicized, whether it's racism, sexism, bias, biases, uh, bias and everything else included, uh, when it comes to the dance world, let's just dance. That's the yeah. biggest thing. We prioritize fame. And we yes. prioritize popularity, right? Because, you know, you said it yourself. It felt really good being on Robert's team. Yeah. It, it felt it was, really good closing shows. <laughs> it, it was great. It was just for me, I had to, I, I knew being involved in any type of group, there's always going to be some bullshit and some. Yeah, yeah. And my thing was, all I told myself is any group I'm a part of, I'm going to take and soak up and take advantage of as much things as I can. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, no matter what group you're a part of, at the end of the day, you have control of what right. you want to do. No matter, like you said, we remember the times when you couldn't join two dance companies. 
-hmm. when you're kind of contracted through a contract or through a handshake, uh -huh. that you were going to be loyal to them. But or I think through that, the <laughs> <laughs> but realizing too is that I love seeing that artists now are taking control of their career, and people like you have taken control of your destiny. So now kind of really moving on and transitioning from this period. And like you said, there was that point that you left and then COVID mm -hmm. hit. Um, you know, initially after transitioning from that partnership before, I mean, then COVID hitting, what was those moments like for you? Because I know, like you said, you were, you know, moving along and you wanted to do something else, but kind of this pandemic happened and it still kind of is, but what were those moments like for you? Like, what was those thought processes? Um, well, I was really fortunate to, to have, um, gotten a role in a, a new like off-Broadway show mm -hmm. that, that was focused on salsa. And, um, I had, I had been playing the lead role for a few months and we had just signed contracts for a six month run of the show. Oh, and it was going to be the most financial security I'd ever gotten in my life, <laughs> in my, in my dance career. It was, um, something I was really passionate about because I was getting into theater yeah. and, um, and, and, you know, I, I felt like I had found a new direction for my career that was like, just, you know, aligned with me in so many ways. Um, and, you know, I had financial freedom from Robert, which was, yeah. you know, that's, you know, ultimately what gave me the, the courage to, to leave the partnership. Um, mm -hmm. But I'd like to say that my humanity, <laughs> you know, was the real reason that I, that I ended that partnership because it's, you know, there's only so much that you can take and be a part yeah. of um, when people are causing harm. And so, uh, you know, do I wish I left earlier? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have the bandwidth to do that though. I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was feeling great, <laughs> terrified. Yeah. It was still scary because, you know, and I still feel a lot of fear right now. Like what is, what is my place in this dance community and the salsa community, uh, the Latin dance community? What, where will I go from here mm -hmm. in terms of the salsa community? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I know I've, I've always been vocal, uh, but even more so this past year, just because, um, yeah, I, I, I got out of something really, really horrible and uh, as scary and vulnerable as that was, I, it gave me my voice back and my autonomy back. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I, I'm not going to stop speaking on the things that matter to me, which yeah. is humanity at the end of the day, humanity and, and, and making this community and this world a better place um, with my Susie Q's but not, uh, not worrying about my Susie Q's at the expense of other humans. Um, <laughs> so, you know, th things, are, things are looking up, hopefully. Um, so I'm gonna keep critiquing this community, myself, my peers, mm -hmm. um, when, I, when I feel that I can, because I, I believe in this community. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe in making it better. Uh, you mentioned, you know, other people that may have had similar situations to me mm -hmm. not coming back. And I think that we need to be careful to not vilify those people because yes. it's not their fault. Absolutely. And, and I can understand that desire and not come back. I've thought about it yeah. every day over the past year. Um, 
because you know as much as we want to create a, a safe space and i appreciate you you using those words and continuing to encourage that um it's honestly not up to us whether yeah. someone feels safe or not and and the reality again even with all of the intersections of my privilege and power in this community and in this world uh i don't feel safe in this community yeah. i just don't because because of all of my experiences, I have exactly. never been safe in this community. And so then I imagine someone that 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 doesn't have the same intersections of, of privilege as me. And, mm -hmm. and I can understand why people leave. And so that 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 truth, that reality, my reality, mm -hmm. and 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 that reality that people leave, I just think about, you know, when we continue encouraging promoting paying supporting yeah. um hiring and enabling people that do harm because they're so talented mm -hmm. think of all the people who leave yeah. because of that and we don't know how talented these people are so if we keep causing harm mm -hmm. or looking the other way yeah. when people are causing harm but they continue to be spotlighted and encouraged and and supported mm -hmm. and paid again money yeah. is power yeah. um, money speaks who we support speaks um, and and the harm doesn't you know there's a spectrum of harm yeah you know that we don't even know about but again it goes down to listening to people's experience mm -hmm. because they everyone is the the authority on their own experience and if we yeah. just listen to people and believe them the first time then we can make a big difference right it doesn't have to be a safe space but it can be a safe conversation mm -hmm. um and 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 literally all it takes is just believing someone so uh, if, we, if we can start shifting, shifting the way that we place power into people's hands, and by power, fame is power, money is power, um, closing a show is power, yeah. you know, putting on event, an event is power, hosting a podcast is power, speaking on a podcast is power. These are all you know, different ways. You know, you're giving me an opportunity to share my ideas and my voice, and yeah. so what am I using that for? And, um, making sure that we always have that at the top of our minds so that we can continue critiquing our community to make it better right we can't just say no 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 everyone's welcome here and then yeah. everyone is welcome here it's just not the way it works yeah. <laughs> we can we can believe that but we should believe that and act on it and um i think i strayed off of the topic but no, no, <laughs> these honestly, are the things was, that i care about because i think <laughs> i think that a lot of people have exited this community and want to exit this community because they're fed up yes. um and i hear you mm -hmm. i am you i you know not not exactly we all have different stories we all have different experiences i understand why you want to leave and because of that i know i can't leave mm -hmm. um and so uh even if and i know again representation matters i know that that my voice isn't going to reach everyone mm -hmm. But if it reaches one or two people, that's enough for me yeah. because the dancing and, and the art form is here for you. Mm. It loves you. you. If you love it, it loves you. And, and it's not the dancing that fucks you up to people. So we got <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. And, and honestly, really, everything I can say to that before we now transition to our last segment is thank you. And yes. for me, everything you've said, 
is true is a true example of a leader. Because again, before you could be a leader, you had to be a follower. You had to go yeah. through the experiences you went through in order to help build yourself to where you are now. And and like you said, everything you said, remember, no one can go through your experience but you. Mm-mm. No one can, no one has the right to shame you or have backlash over you because of an experience they did not have. Because yeah. again, you know, what we can do is learn through these conversations. Because like I always say, starting the conversation makes the change because the same conversations we have are the same comments and private messages we may get from people in the future <laughs> saying thank you. Because again, people are having the conversations. We can no longer say nobody's talking about it. No, yeah. there are people talking about it. The only question is, are you listening? Yeah, you're either Absolutely. listening or you're ignoring. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, for me again, like I said, thank you because you know, for me, I appreciate you not just as the artist, not just as Isabel Freeberger, uh, the dancer, as the owner of Issa Dance Company, which was one of my favorite companies. It's coming back. It's coming back. Thank it's you. Back. Thank you. I love, I love hearing that. But just again, Isabel as the person. And that's what I really appreciate. And I thank you for everything you've contributed to this community and more, but also looking forward to what you're doing in the future. Yeah, and now it brings us to my last segment called the randoms, which is about 10 questions. All right. So my first question to you is, we're going to keep it light. Your okay. favorite color. Green. Oh, is it because of money? No, no. Okay. Trees. <laughs> trees. I love trees. Okay. I, I mean, hey, North Carolina got nature out the woodworks. I mean, trees everywhere. I what I miss the most. <laughs> Next question is, if you could have one meal on this earth, what would it be? Like one meal right now or right one now. meal for the rest of time? One meal, if you had only one meal you could have for the rest of your life, what is it? Oh, anything with rice. Really? I mean, rice. So my boyfriend just made rice and chicken, and I'm just waiting to eat it right now. <laughs> like a true, you know, Spaniard, it's true Latina. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Nobody doesn't uh, love rice. So, nice. next question is if you had one performance, you're at a show right now, the closing show, who is it? To watch? Yes. Oh, oh, man. Oh my God, there's, there's, there's really so many people I love, I love watching. Um, Tanya Canarsa is one of my Ooh. favorite dancers. So yes. I'll just, I'll just say her. She's, oof. Big shout out to Tanya. I mean, now she's also at M- I know, I'm about to jump into one of those classes. I just got back and I'm like, I'm trying to get my life together, but I'll be in class soon. Trust Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Empire, Empire, Empire NYC with Adolfo, Tanya, the whole Amneris. I mean, the list goes on. Angel, Stephanie, Charlie, mm-hmm. just crazy. All yeah. right. Next one is if you could be at one event right now, what would that be? Ooh, you know, any weekender. I love the small events. Ooh, that's I, sorry, promoters. I I love congresses as well, but um, I just I just find that there's more connection at the smaller events, and you know, I feel like I can make a bit, bit of a bigger impact with my classes at smaller events. Um, and, and you get to know people more. Yeah. So um, one event that is like really beautiful in North Carolina is called Port City Salsa Splash. Uh, yeah, it's a really great event. And it's it's just one of my favorites. Um, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of smaller um, 
Cat and Summer. They're doing a lot of smaller events um, this summer instead of like a big, uh, bigger event. But um, you know, it's female run and it's just a really beautiful event. Um, yeah, I love but, it. All right, next yeah. question is, if you could have one collaboration with an artist, who is it? Ooh, Mitchell. Mm. In Europe, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of people I would like. I'd like to collaborate with some women too. You know, uh, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me, let me just stop fangirling. But um, I don't know. So many people. Co collaboration is beautiful. Um, they, you know, a lot of times they come up when they're least expected, and and uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey, I wasn't ready for this. No, we might we might see something. So I'm like traumatized with collaborations right now, but give me a minute and I'll be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next question is what is one of the most embarrassing moments, not just you, but that you've probably seen on a stage? You don't have to give names, but something oh. you've seen on a stage at a Congress festival, whatever, they were like, whoa. That oh, me, me, for sure. I uh, fell on my ass completely. Robert and I, we fell. We fell. <laughs> but we, we fell. Hell. <laughs> we fell. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, honestly, I'm so grateful for that moment because I truly believe that um, failures are actually more important than successes and you can't hold mm -hmm. on to either of them yes. um, because they don't define you. And uh, that was actually on a really telling moment in our partnership, and I learned a lot—not <laughs> uh, just about you know training and 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 um, you know messing up, but about character. And um, yeah, it was really embarrassing. But at the end of the day, like you have to train, knowing you're going to mess up. Yes. And it's beautiful because you're freaking human. Thank you. It's human. Like you know, we didn't get hurt, thank God. But. Um, I know, cause oh. don't get me wrong. I loved our performances, but I was so scared almost every team because I knew the trick would just get more and more complex. And I'm like, please God, please God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was one of those tricks where where it, you know um, I was terrified every single time doing those tricks. Um, which now looking back, I'm like I probably shouldn't have been doing tricks so hard because I was like shitting my pants every single time before going on stage. Um, but yeah, it was during a really crazy trick and we just went to the ground. Wow. Hey, I mean, hey, you got to learn from your experiences. All right, next question is, if Isabel can have a store right now, what is the name of that store? Oh, um, probably Isa because that's what I name everything just because mm. I'm like really not creative with names. Um, but yeah, I do have a store. Okay. <laughs> I sell jewelry. I sell art prints. Um, I'm about to open it back up. I'm a photographer. I hope to sell my photography one day. So I don't know what, what it would be called, but there's stuff to sell. So I, I'll tell you this. If when that comes about, please message me because I would love oh, to buy know. one, especially an oh. art piece, pictures. Trust me. I'm, oh. I'm definitely one of the first customers. I can't <laughs> wait to see that. My next question for you is if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Mm. To fly. I'm terrified of heights, but I want to fly. Mm, okay. I like that. A, a lot of people have told me the same thing. Or to be invisible because I. My introversion <laughs> would love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. This next question should be really interesting. You having experience living in North Carolina and New York City, what are some of the, all right, what is the biggest difference between 
North Carolina and New York. <laughs> Fresh air. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, um, it just uh, the sensory overload of New York. It's just boom, boom, boom. Everything, yeah. Boom, everything. People, experiences, languages, foods, flavors, sounds, smells, mm -hmm. noises, which is part of why I love it, but it's also yeah. part of why I hate it. Because <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, stop. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah. it's like, it's like everywhere sometimes. It's like going out. I just came back from upstate New York and oh. it's just trees everywhere. And it's like, wow, there's actually peace and quiet. Yeah, there's it's amazing. Quiet. It's amazing. And so it's like, while in New York, I feel mm -hmm. I feel connected to like the adrenaline and the motivation of like yeah. fighting, fighting for your dreams in this city. Mm -hmm. It's something that is like you can't compare it to anywhere else in the world. And it's like so unique, this like this pulse, this energy pulse mm -hmm. that lives in the city. Um, but then when I'm in nature, which I can easily find in North Carolina, it's this yeah. like sense of connection to something bigger than myself that I just, you know, both both experiences make you feel kind of connected to something bigger than yourself in two yeah. completely different ways. So, yeah. Wow. I love that, I love that. And my next question, my second before last question is, name the event or what is your most memorable performance, where it was? Probably the one where I fell on my butt. Uh, okay. It was in DR. <laughs> Wait, that? Huh? The what? Was it Pichatu? No, it was. Um, it was. It was before Punta Cana uh, at oh, the Hard Rock okay. Cafe. Yeah, in gotcha, in, gotcha, in, gotcha. in Santo Domingo. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, yeah. As long as you had, it's interesting that you say it's memorable because, again, I I understand where you're going with that because, yeah. again, you learn so much from adversity. It's easy yeah. to win all the time, but it's, you know, it's, you really see the true character of someone when yeah. they're not in that winning position. Yeah. But if I were like, if I could, if I could give two answers to that, yeah. I'm a chatty Kathy, um, is the like really the most recently memorable and like impactful performances of my life was um, this show that I was telling you, this off-Broadway show, it was called yeah. Carmen. Um, yes, I, cool. yeah. Elvis was in that, Elvis Collado. Was, uh -huh. yeah. Yes, I remember yeah, seeing that. A lot of people in the community were in that. And originally I was, I was, um, you know, in the dance ensemble, but I was mm -hmm. understudying the lead role and um, the the lead female, she, Carmen, she, well, her name is Marielis Molina. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, she got injured on the second to last show of, yeah. of her run. And uh, we had one show left and I had only learned half the show. In, in that role and I had the next day I had to learn the whole sh the whole rest of the show and perform it wow. in one day <laughs> so that was probably pre pretty memorable it was like probably 55 panic attacks I cried and then it, and then it was like the most ex amazing experience I don't remember any of it while it happened it was like I blacked out I did it and then it was done and I was like oh shit <laughs> See, I mean, uh, it was amazing Absolutely. I mean, that right there, I understand those moments of like you're in that kind of euphoric moment of something you wanted to do for so long. You're in it and it just like it goes from start to finish and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah, it's a two and a half hour show and it felt like it happened in 30 seconds. Wow. Man, I really do <laughs> hope somehow in the future Carmen can come back. I really, I, really I have it. a feeling it probably is. I think it, we were really getting a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to take a minute, but I, I it's got to come back. It was it was a beautiful show. 
Absolutely. And my last question, and this one I love uh, asking because uh, it gets people really introspective, is how do you want to be remembered? Hmm. Um, I think I'd like to be remembered as um, someone who was passionate about uh, the way that I do things and the impact I have on this world. Um, you know, it's not... It's not just about my own selfish dreams, but the impact that my dreams have on other people and myself and my community and my family. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess community. I'd like to be remembered for, for, for how I've affected and impacted a community that is important to me. Absolutely, and I, I love asking that question because it really helps the, the artist, the guest, really dig deep and understand because so many people, they love this art form, they love what they do, but you know, when it comes to ask that question, it kind of takes people aback, but yeah. I love your answer. <laughs> uh, and again, from really, thank you again for doing this segment. And now it helps us uh, into our conclusion of our talk today. And honestly, Isabel, from start to finish, I've enjoyed every moment. Um, appreciating Likewise. your humility, your vulnerability, because again, uh, like you said, we're just human beings. We're just people. Even though we, you love seeing us perform, at the end of the day, we still take off our makeup, our costumes, and we're just a normal human being. And for me, that's why I love having people on that I admire, that I've even maybe yeah. performed with or know of. Because again, I want years from now, people can look back at this and listen to your story and say, wow, I heard it straight from her mouth of her experience rather than someone else just writing an article about a video they saw and said, yeah. oh, I loved you. So, you Absolutely. know, I, I've appreciated every moment, but before we go, uh, I would love to know if you had any last few words for myself and the audience. Yeah, I mean, for you, thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel super honored every time I get, you know, that people even care to hear me speak. I I clearly have a lot to say, I'm passionate, I, I, I love, I love this art form and, and this music. And I feel, you know, so honored to be a guest in this art form because at the end of the day, it isn't mine. Um, but it has, it has embraced me uh, and welcomed me in a way that has changed my life. Um, dance has made me a better person. Uh, and just your art matters, your dancing matters, your, your, your story matters, your voice matters. So uh, just, just tell it, you mm. know. And, and don't forget about your impact, <laughs> good yeah. and bad, right? Absolutely. I mean, because again, that, that really helps with the pages within your story. I mean, mm -hmm. hey, you're gonna have to go through some hurdles in order to get to the finish line. So just hearing about your experience thus far, really kind of a glimpse, because there's so many layers. <laughs> I appreciate it because again, with this platform, it is for artists like yourselves to have that quote unquote safe space to be completely open and honest without yeah. fear of bias or judgment. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everyone that's been able to tune in, uh, everyone that will be tuning in in the future. Um, and I definitely hope we can have you on in the future when things are like normal. We'll definitely catch up with you and see how you're doing. We do love your online classes you've been able to provide. And I know in the future, I definitely hope you have those in-person classes and we check up back check back up on you and, yeah. and Isabel, I've really appreciated 
uh, just having you on, having this discussion. I love the conversation. It flowed seem seamlessly. Uh, and, you know, I definitely can't wait for the next one. So thank you all for tuning in to the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, episode 130 with Miss Isabel Freeberger. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night and stay safe.